Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Palm leaves is a significant uh, symbolism to victory and integrity. And the title of today's message is A Leafy Palm Sunday. It's a leafy Palm Sunday today. We're going to be in the book of uh, Mark in the 11th chapter. We're going to be just reading all through the book of Mark, chapter 11. For those who are note takers, God bless you. I love you. And I'm so glad that you're here to take notes because I'm not going to cover every single scripture. Uh, I don't want to assume that everybody knows the scripture, but... Uh, I I want to use my time wisely, and so I'm going to skip around, but we're going to all be in Mark chapter 11, okay? So you can go back and read it and study it, because I know that's what you're going to do all week. Y'all going to be in this word all week, all week. You're going to be like, Lord, I know there's something else. Give give me something else. Whatever's left in the text, God, I want it. I know that's going to be y'all this week. I already know. I have confidence that that's what y'all going to do. All right, so in Mark chapter 11, uh, verse 1, in the NLT, it reads this. It says, and Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem. They came to the towns of Bethphage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, and Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Now, it's talking about his disciples. So he's getting ready to come into Jerusalem, right? This is the original Palm Sunday that we celebrate to this day because we know one week later, right, we know what goes down. Okay, but Palm Sunday, Palm Sunday is like this precursor, this pre, you know, pre-party, pre-glimpse, pre-filling, pre, you know, just pre-pre, you know, it's pre-pre-pre. So Palm Sunday has that preness about it, right? And so Jesus getting ready to go into Jerusalem, but before, before he does, he stops and he turns around and he gives instructions to his disciples. He said, go ahead. I want y'all to go ahead and go down to a street and this is the street. And I want y'all to go and ask for a donkey that's never been written, a young colt. He's going to be tied up in the street and go ahead and unloose him and give him to me. And then if somebody asks you about it, because they might, they might be like, you know, you might be like a Karen be like, wow, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? You know, and if so, if she has something to say, go ahead and say the Lord has need of this. And Karen going to go ahead and let it go. Okay, so Jesus gave his instructions to his people. And so his people, his disciples went ahead and followed his instructions exactly, right? And so as soon as they got the colt that had never been written, that was tied up in the street, exactly how Jesus said it was going to happen, they went ahead and bring it, brought it to Jesus. And so we pick up back here in Mark 11, verse 8, okay? And it says, many in the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him. And others spread leafy branches they had cut in the fields. And Jesus was in the center of the procession. And the people all around him were shouting, praise God, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessings on the coming king of our ancestor, David. Praise God in highest heaven. Man, everything about this moment just felt right. And you know what? This moment was really different because if you look all through Jesus's ministry, what would happen? He would heal somebody. He would save somebody. He'd raise somebody from the dead. And he'd be like, shh, don't tell him. Don't tell him. Don't tell him it was me. Don't let everybody know because, you know, it's not my time. But this one, this time, this time, this time. I mean, he didn't even walk into the city without walking into the, without first riding into the city. Right? So he had an exact plan. That guess what? Today is the day, Palm Sunday, where the cat's going to be all the way out the bag. Right? And let's not forget that during this time, he was actually sought after by authorities. They wanted his head. 
They was like, you see that Jesus in the street? Let us know because we got him. He's going down. And here he is not walking in tiptoeing, ducking and dodging behind buildings. He came in on a coat. People was making all kind of commotions, yelling his name, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. You think he'd be like, shh, they're going to take me out before it's my time. But instead, no, there was something special about Palm Sunday that he intentionally allowed them to call him who he was. Everything about this moment, man, it just felt right. Don't you love it when a day starts right? I mean, it was even prophesied in Zechariah 9 and 9, if you guys want to write that down. Zechariah 9 and 9 in the NLT, it says, Rejoice, O people of Zion. Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. The picture was perfect. The stage was set. Man, everything was everything. Man, this day started off really really great are we going to pick back up in mark uh, chapter 11 verse 11 and it says so jesus came to jerusalem now he's officially he's in jerusalem y'all he done got off the donkey and he went into the temple and looking around carefully at everything can somebody say carefully because i want to be sure you guys got this now after looking around carefully at everything Okay, not some things, not just the certain quarters, not just on the right side. He didn't just look on the left side. It says he looked around at everything. He left because it was late in the afternoon. Then he returned to Bethany with the 12 disciples. Okay, so Jesus goes into the temple, and it says that he looked around at everything. It's like, I can see him. And he probably wasn't saying nothing, too. He was just like. All right, guys, it's late. Let's go ahead and wrap this up. Let's go back to the hotel. Right? I want to give you some insight on how important this temple was. This wasn't just some any old rinky-dink temple. This wasn't like, you know, like the Building Christian Fellowship, right? There's a church on every corner. Oh, no. This temple was special. Can y'all say special? Because I want to be sure y'all catching this with me. This temple was special because the first temple that was built by King David and Solomon, his, his son, you know, that one was destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar. Remember, we talked about that last time. The last time I was before you, remember, we talked about in the book of Ezekiel, everything got destroyed. They, they was kidnapping people. They, they destroyed all their stuff. Their stuff was jacked up. So the first temple was destroyed, okay? Now, this is the second temple. And there was a lot of sacrifice. There was a lot of work. There was a lot of prayer. There was a lot of pride that went into this building. I know some of the men in this building right here at the Building Christian Fellowship knows exactly what I'm talking about. Because some of y'all was here late into the evening working, sacrificing, laboring. Man, some of y'all was even hungry, right, Deacon Sean? Man, y'all was here every day. Your wife was like, are you ever coming home? trying to get the church ready. Not for the people that they necessarily knew that was here, but about some of you who were to come. They didn't know you specifically. They didn't know your name. They didn't know your story, but they knew you were coming. And so people like Deacon Sean and Pastor John and all the men in the church, I mean, there's too many to name, would labor day and night. They weren't contractors, but they was putting on contractor belts and swinging hammers, messing up stuff, putting nails in the, I mean, it was a lot of things that were going wrong. But you know what? They, they were doing it with the right heart. Because the temple took a lot of sacrifice, a lot of pride. To pull off, right? The second temple, man. We gonna do this, you guys. Nebuchadnezzar thought he stumped us out, but we coming back. And this second temple was the announcement of like, you, you, we don't die. Uh-uh, we multiply. This second temple is gonna be even better than the first one, Nebuchadnezzar. 
So here they are. Here Jesus is walking around this second temple that took so much work. That is a testament to the people, to the endurance, to the stamina, and to the loyalty and the integrity of the people. And Jesus not saying nothing. He walked around and it said he looked at everything. And I believe if the scripture says he looked at everything, he really did look at everything. There was nothing that was not noticed in that day. But it was late. So whatever he had to say about it, it was going to have to wait till tomorrow. Verse 11 says he took, he looked around very carefully at everything, but it got late, so he left. So let's pick back up in verse 12 in the same chapter. It says the next morning, you guys, can you say the next morning? It's the next day, you guys. The next morning as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. I know it's hard to believe, but he was hungry. He ate food, you guys. He was hungry. Notice in verse 13, it says he noticed a fig tree. Ow. In full leaf. All the new people have not a clue what we're doing right now. But it's okay, you guys. There's a history. The Building Christian Fellowship has a history with fig trees. We'll tell you about it later. Verse 13, it says he noticed a fig tree. Ow. In full leaf, a little way off. So he went over to see if he could find any figs, right? But there were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. Then Jesus said to the tree, not to the people, not to the disciples, not to the gardener, not to the one who planted the tree. He said to the tree, may no one ever eat your fruit again. And the disciples heard him say it. They probably was like, like, what the, what? So is it safe to say Jesus was hangry? I mean, what was that? What was that? He sees, he went looking for fruit. He found no fruit and he starts talking to it, man. He didn't just talk to it. He cursed it and he walked off. He didn't say nothing to his disciples about it. They were just left thinking like, well, what was that? Mark, did you see that? Yeah, Peter, did you see that? What's going, what? <clears throat> but I mean, if I went to Chick-fil-A and they tell me they had a chicken. I mean, if I go to Burger King and they say we don't got no buns. Right? I go to Winter Snitchel. They, oh, we out of dogs. We got a hot, we out of hot dogs. You want a hamburger? No, I don't want a hamburger. I'm at, I'm at Burger King. I want a burger with a bun. So Jesus went up to the fig tree looking for, and there was no figs. Right? I mean, it, it reminds me of some of these barbecue places around here. Like, we ain't got no ribs. We ain't got no chicken. We ain't got no ham. We ain't got no, all we got is mac and cheese. You want some? No, I don't want none. I want barbecue. Right? We should be like, you know what? May no one ever. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Okay. Let us not use our anointing and our authority uh, foolishly. All right. Let's pick back up in verse 15. Verse 15, it says this. And when they arrived back in Jerusalem, right? Because they still walking with Jesus. They're like, he done talked to the tree, but we, everybody be just be quiet because Jesus is feeling some sort of way right now. I think he's hungry. Let's not bring it up. Let's just, everybody, let's not talk, act like that just happened. So nobody talked about it. So when they arrived back in Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple again. Same temple, y'all. We're not talking about a different temple. We're talking about the same temple. The same temple, he looked around at everything, and he noticed everything, but it was late, so he didn't say nothing. But today is a new day. Y'all say today is a new day. Okay, so Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the people, buying and selling animals for sacrifices. It says he knocked over tables and the money changers and the chairs and those selling the doves and the marketplace everyone from using the temple as a marketplace and he said to them Jesus is in a mood today and then he said to them 
Not to do his disciples. He said to them, he said, he said, he said, he said, the scriptures declare my temple shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. But you, 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 you have turned it into a den of thieves. When the leading priests and teachers of religious law heard what Jesus had done, they began planning and plotting to kill him yet again. I mean, they've been planning and plotting for a while. I don't know if they are like some folks that we know that they're always at the planning table, but nothing ever gets done. I'm having a feeling that's them because they've been plotting and planning to kill him for a while but anyway uh but they were afraid of him because the people were so amazed at his teaching and that evening Jesus and the disciples left the city because listen when he knocked over tables and was knocking stuff out of people's hands and karate chopping the 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 cash registers and all that he didn't leave he sat down and taught you think he'd be like ah leaving no he was like ah all right let's turn with me to the book of psalms in uh, Isaiah, it says, and let me, let me expound on what Isaiah said. Jesus is, Jesus is, this is a different kind of, this is a different kind of day, y'all. I mean, things started off great, right? Okay, let me finish reading that. The next morning as they passed, okay, so verse 18, when they, the leading priests heard it, they wanted to kill him, whatever, whatever, but they were afraid. Okay, verse 19, that evening, Jesus and his disciples left. They left the city because they were leaving the temple now. But the next morning, as they passed by the fig tree, he had cursed. Remember the tree, y'all? The disciples noticed it had withered from the roots and died. And verse 21 says, Peter remembered, he remembered that Jesus had said to the fig tree in the previous day and exclaimed, look, Rabbi, the fig tree you cursed has withered and died. I love Peter. I love Peter because every, it's like, Peter, we see it. Everybody sees it. But Peter... I love Peter because I can relate a lot with Peter because I'd be like, okay, we're not going to talk about this though. Like, can we, can we get a teaching moment with this one? Like, cause I'm still trying to figure out why you mad at the tree. So Peter brings it up because Jesus was just going to walk by it. Cause it's like, yeah, I cursed it. It should be dead. But he's like, look, let's talk about it. Okay. So let's recap. So Palm Sunday started off great the day before, right? Awesome. Welcome from the people. I mean, the choir was out. Everything was out. The symbols, everything, the, 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 the leaves was thrown down. People was throwing clothes and you know, clothes is a, is a really important thing. It's not like today where all of us have a lot of it. Clothes were hard to come by. So when someone's throwing down their clothes and they don't know when they're going to get more clothes, you can't assume clothes is like our clothes. We talking about clothes that they probably wear every day. That was probably their Wednesday clothes. So Wednesday's going to come and they don't have, they're dirty because they throwed it down. What I'm trying to explain to you, it was like they threw down the leaves, but they threw down something of great importance and a sacrifice. This is a big deal, right? Okay, so Palm Sunday started off great. They did the, they did the welcome. They did the choir. They, they, they prophesied. They, they said what Zechariah uh, 9 and 9 said. I mean, they seemed like they were on point. The people even called him son of David. I mean, like they're actually getting it, right? This is the Messiah, And then later on, Jesus visits the temple and he plays close attention to everything. He leaves, y'all, he sleeps on it. (laughs) He sleeps on it. And then on his way back to the temple, he's hungry. The tree got it. Went to the temple and everybody in there got it. It was like, Jesus was like, bang, bang, bang. Who else wants some? It's like, how did things start off so well? And then we're here. Like, Jesus saw things in the temple the day before that he didn't sit right with him, but he slept on it. 
then went the next day and he shut it down. The poor fig tree, wrong place, wrong time, if you ask me. But at, the fir- at first glance, it kind of looks as if the tr- fig tree got the short end of the stick. I mean, like, that's what I would think. I'm like, well, what did the, pig- what did the poor fig tree do to you? Because remember in the scripture, it actually in verse uh, 13, it says that the tree had leaves. There's a reason why it said that. It's a reason why the scripture said it had leaves. And the problem with that, the problem isn't that it is, it wasn't the right season because that's my first thought. Like, well, Jesus, calm down. It's not even the season for figs. So why are you looking for figs that come from a tree in a season that is not ready or ripe to produce? So why is Jesus mad that this fig tree ain't producing figs out of season? Like, that's my first thought. But the scripture specifically said that it had leaves. So the poor fig tree seems like it's in the wrong place at the wrong time. But the problem isn't that it isn't at the right season uh, uh, for the tree to bear fruit. The problem is that the leaves and the fruit are supposed to grow on the tree at the same time. The tree leaves and the fruit are supposed to grow on the tree at the same time. And so the Bible says that Jesus noticed that the fig tree had leaves. And so he went over to investigate it, to look for the fruit. Because the tree said, I got what you need. Anybody hungry? I am full. I am well. I am producing. The tree had leaves as if it was fruitful, but it wasn't. And so the tree had the name and an illusion of fruitfulness because the fig tree didn't change its name to bear tree. It didn't change its name to barren tree. It still, it still walked around proud that it was a fig tree with no figs though. So you are burger with no bun. You are barbecue sauce with no ribs. You are lettuce with no chicken patty at Chick-fil-A. You a fig tree and you have no figs the tree had the name and illusion of fruitfulness but without actually producing any and can we still call it a fig tree if it refuses to produce figs or is it a fake the fruitless fig tree draws us to examine other references of the importance and the importance that jesus placed on fruitfulness let's turn to matthew chapter 9 16 through 19 it says this you will know them by their Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good, but a bad bad tree bears bad, and a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit, it is cut down and thrown into the fire. No one will ever eat from you again. Die. Death. John 15, 1 through 4 in the NLT, it says this, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already, you, somebody say already. You have already been pruned. You have already been purified by the message Jesus says that I have given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you for a branch cannot produce if it is severed from the vine. 
and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. You separated fig tree, who are you? Who are you that you have no produce, no nutrient, no good thing in you? May no one ever eat from you again. Romans 6, 21 to 23, it says this, what fruit do you have then in the things of which that are now ashamed? What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the thing, for the end of those things is death. But now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness And the end, everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is no good reason why you should have no fruit. If there is true connection to the Father, there's leaves and there's fruit. If there is true connection to your Savior, there is fruit and there is leaves. The leaves and the fruit in our lives, they grow at the same time. At the same time. So our confidence grows as my peace and my joy and my commitment and my servitude grows. It grows at the same time. I don't have confidence, but yet don't have a prayer life. I don't have confidence, but yet don't know the word. I don't have confidence, but yet I don't serve. That leaves and the fruit, they grow at the same time. A lack of fruit demonstrates a lack of connection. You have no fruit, then where's your connection? Branches that are severed, they're not just severed, baby. They are burned. And we know what will happen if we do not accept Jesus. Yeah, it's one thing to see him riding on a colt and we yell out and we declare, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. It's one thing when we come here on Sunday mornings, on Palm Sunday, and we yell out, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. But what happens, what happens, what happens, what happens, what happens when Jesus walks by you and he sees the leaves? He sees you worshiping like everybody else sees you. He sees you praising like everybody else praising. He sees you walking with your head up and your chest out just like everybody else. And he comes and he sees the leaves and so he searches for the fruit and he finds none it's sobering it's sobering this passage does not just remind us that a christian by definition must produce spiritual fruit even if we only bear little baby fruits ain't nobody judging you because you got baby fruits baby you got fruit that's all we care about I don't care if it's the size of a cherry or the size of a watermelon. I got fruit. It's right here. You got to, you got to, it's right. You see that one? Yeah, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. I only been in church for a week, but I got a little, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. My connection, my connection. I think my connection is working. I, got, I think, I think something's happening. I think something's happening because I got a little cherry size, a little blueberry size. Second Timothy three, one through five in the NLT, it says this, you should know this. Timothy, that in the last days, there will be very difficult times for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud. Somebody say leaves and leaves scoffing at God, God leaves. 
Disobedient to their parents, leaves. Ungrateful, leaves. They will consider nothing sacred, leaves. They will un- be unloving and unforgiving, leaves, leaves, leaves. They will slander others and have no self-control, leaves, leaves, leaves. They will be cruel and hate what is good, leaves, leaves. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, leaves, 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 leaves. And love pleasure rather than God, leaves, leaves, leaves. They will act religious, leaf, 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 but they will reject the power that could make them godly, fruitful. Paul says, stay away from those kind of people. Because whatever they got on them, you don't want to get it on you. So just if you see somebody that's full of leaves, like leaf, 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 but they don't got no cherries, no watermelons, no beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes. Stay away from them. Because I don't know what God they pray into, what God they worship in, what God they lay in their life down. But baby, I don't want it splashing on me. So we have here that the crowd was chanting Hosanna. That's great. The temple was full of hung- money hungry people. Oh, that's great. And the fig tree was figless. And it was all about putting on a good show. But none of it, listen to me, none of it had fruit in it. When he walked in and he saw the people laying out their coats coats and their palms, no fruit. There was no fruit. You know, Jesus is the discerner of hearts. He knew exactly what was every single one of their hearts. And if he would have stopped and looked through the tree of every single person, he would have found there was no fruit because they were probably saying, I don't know. I'm just here because my mama said I had to be here. Hosanna, Hosanna. Oh, I don't know. I'm just here because I like this girl and she here. So I'm just Hosanna in the highest. What's up, girl? And then the Bible says he went to the temple. Man, he looked at everything. And I believe the reason why he went for looking at everything because he was trying to find, is there any good thing in this temple? Is there any good thing going on in my house? Is there any, is anybody praying? Is anybody in here? No. They in here talking about, I got, I got three doves for five, but if you give me five, I'll give you six for seven. If you got, how, how much you got? Just how much you got? I'll give you how many doves you got? How many? And then he goes down on mother and they go, hey, I got pigeons. No one knows that it's a pigeon. It actually looks like a dove. I painted it. But if you want this, we can have the good up to with God. And he was so distraught. He left. He's like, you know what? I'm asleep on this. And knowing what I know, just having the kind of pastor's heart that I have, I feel like he probably didn't even get much sleep that night. I feel like he was replaying in his mind every single face of the people that said Hosanna. I feel like he was replaying every single cash and money exchanger that was in the temple. And on his way, he was full of what he was going to do because he probably decided that night, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to shut it down. And on his way, there goes the fig tree. And so they got the first overflow of God shutting it down because I'm done with fruitlessness. She's just like, I've laid my life down for I don't know how many years, and I'm going to die soon. One week later, these people who are shouting Hosanna will shout, crucify him. Can you imagine what that feels like? To sacrifice everything that you are and everything that you have, and you know one week later, these same fools, and I'm going to call them a fool, because the Bible says 
that only a fool says in his heart that there is no God, right? And these same fools are going to yell, crucify me. There's no fruit. There's no fruit. There's no fruit. There's no fruit. He goes in his temple. Nobody's praying. Nobody's declaring how good God is. Nobody's even waiting upon the Messiah. No one's even looking for him because they got leaves. We know we got stuff we doing. No fruit. No fruit. And it's a one thing. It's one thing to lack fruit out of season. But it's another thing to lack fruit while you're pretending to have it. And in my closing, our personal lives can look a lot like this. Our leaves may look nice and shiny, well dusted. Some people polish their plants' leaves, you know, shiny. Our leaves may look like those of a super mom. I got this all together. I am the best mom. Maybe some of, it are, some of our leaves look like the greatest businessman, the greatest athlete, the perfect family, the busy pastor with an overstuffed schedule of ministry activities. But when God sorts through all the stuff, is there any leaves? Is there anything that my people can come and pick from and they can nurture, nourish, nourish my body? What does fruit do? What does fruit do? What does food do? It nourishes our Jesus knew I'm leaving soon from here on earth. And is there any fruit that my people will be able to eat from? Because I won't be here in the flesh, but my people will be here. My message will be here. My word will be here. I need my church to be a house of prayer. I need people to come in and to nourish my body. My church needs to be nourished. They need to be strengthened. Because out in the world, everything from TV to radio to rap music to whatever says there is no God. And so when my people come into my church, will they find any fruit? When Adam and Eve, when they fell and they sinned, the Bible says that God went looking for them. And he says, Adam, where are you? You really think Jesus didn't know? I mean, God didn't know where he was. No, he knew where he was. He was saying, God, Adam, where's your heart? Where have you placed it? And the moment he saw Adam, Adam came out with fig leaves. (laughs) He came out wearing fig leaves, not palm leaves, fig leaves. To cover the fact that I have no fruit. I'm, I'm all leaf, but no fruit. So I'm going, Pastor John, can you cover me? Pastor Raquel, can you cover me? I'm just trying to grab a fig tree from wherever I can grab it because I have no fruit within myself and God's calling me. He's calling me. He's calling me. He's calling me. And he's going to inspect and he's going to sort through and he's going to look through the leaves of my confidence, the leaves of my church attendance. He's going to look through the leaves of me professing. Yes, I'm a Christian. Yes, I'm a fig tree. Yes, I am. Yes, yes. And God's going to see that I have no fruit. But I know, Pastor John, you have some fruit. And Pastor Donald, he, you got some fruit. I'm going to grab some fig leaves and I'm going to weave them together, Minister Atira. And I'm going to hide the fact that I've lost my fruit. And some decisions that I made and some things that I've touched, some things that I've come into agreement with, I've decided not to forgive that person because that person don't deserve my forgiveness. Let me grab a fig tree because I'm fruitless now. I've decided I'm going to hold a grudge. I'm going to be bitter about what happened to me. So 
I just leaked off all my fruit. So I'm going to grab some fig trees to cover up the fact that I just went fruitless. I have no joy. I have no peace. I have no long suffering. I have no kindness. I have no meekness. I have no fruit. And I have a feeling I have no connection with the Father. And I hope he doesn't pass around this way. Because if he passed this way, he's going to find I'm all leaves but no fruit. And I can only hide behind my pastors for so long. And I can only hide in the crowd and say, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest for so long before Jesus comes looking for the fruit. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Do you know what the power is? The power isn't for you to be like, I have the power. The power is over sin. And I'm not, I'm not talking about behavior correction here. I'm not talking about behave, changing your behavior. I'm talking about being connected to the Father where all of a sudden, because of His goodness, because it's His will to doing and working in me to do His will and His good pleasure, all of a sudden, I have peace in the midst of turmoil. I have peace in the midst of the storm. I've got faith when everything around me seems to be crashing down. I can declare a word of prophecy and say I'm going to speak those things that are not as though there were because I've got fruit it's the power of God which means sin shouldn't be out here pushing you around why 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 do you feel like I can't help myself check the connection check the connection check the connection because I think Jesus is coming around this way I'm not sure exactly what day I'm not sure exactly what time but I do know he's coming and it's not too late for you to get your connection right so that when Jesus comes he doesn't find just leaves he finds leaves and fruit because leaves and fruit they grow together it's time it's time it's time I don't want to get caught up in the program of Easter I want to get caught up in the story of who Easter is and what it's all about. It's about Resurrection Sunday. They thought they had my Jesus down, but he came back up with all power in his hand and all authority. And guess what? He gave some to me. So I got leaves and I got fruit. You ain't going to find no leaves and no fruit on me. You're going to find leaves and fruit. Because Jesus cares about the fruit. And the fruits are not about making me look good. It's about you being able to say, Pastor Kaya, do you got a word for me? Is there a word of prayer? And I'm going to say, this is what the Bible says, fruit. It's about them saying, Pastor Kaya, is there a word that you can share on Sunday? Have you had any time spent in God's word? Fruit. There was no reason for Jesus to come back and find you barren. Because he says, I've equipped you with everything that you need. Sin don't need to come in here trying to pimp you. Baby, you gonna pimp sin. Sin, get in your place. I got leaves and I got fruits today. I might not have none yesterday, but today's a new day. And I'm standing in the firmness of God's goodness today. Oh, I'm not what I used to be. Guess what? Because I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. They might know you from back in the day. They might be like, is that the same Candace? No, it's not. It's the fruitful Candace. Is that the same Julie? No, it's not. It's the fruity Julie. 
Before I just had leaves, I was just good for shade, just keeping the sun and blocking it off of you. But today, today's a new day. Now I got leaves and I got fruit, baby. Is anybody hungry? Does anybody need peace today? Does anybody need joy today? Does anybody need meekness today? Does anybody need kindness today? Because I'm fruity today, y'all. I got leaves and I got fruit. And I'm not going to let the Savior look at me and not have anything in me. Check your connection. Because our leaves, our leaves, our leaves, it can fool us. Listen, there's been so many times the leaves have fooled me. We've been taking this six-week evangelism class, and we've been talking about sharing our story. And I didn't get a chance to share my story because, can I, can I be honest with you, I battled with my story. But my story was is that, you guys, I've been in church, I was in church all my life. I was in choir all my life. And I was just there because I wanted to escape hell. Because as a kid, we fantasize about how terrible hell is. So I'm like, I'm singing in the choir. Because I don't want to go to hell. But every time I left church, you guys, I was powerless. I was stuck in these cycles of bad relationships and bad things and looking for these bad ways to comfort myself. And I was trying to figure out why don't I have any power to live the things that I sing about? To live the things that I read about in God's word. What is wrong with me? What is, why can't I get free from this guy or this thing or this drug or this drink? And why does it seem like it's just controlling me? Because I went to church every Sunday and I would wave my leaves. Because everybody else was. They weren't looking for my fruit. They were just looking for my participation. So I was checking in every Sunday. Leaves, 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 leaves. But I was hiding a secret that I had no fruit. I had no fruits of repentance. I had no fruits of joy. I had no fruits of power. Oh, but Jesus, Jesus, Jesus met me, you guys. Jesus met me one day, a missionary was speaking at a church and he was just talking. He was just this weird, odd looking fellow. He kind of looked like Jason Upton. He was just really kind of odd looking. And he was just talking about how he spoke with God. And I'm telling you guys, in the middle of the service, it was quiet. Everybody was seated. I yelled out, Aah! it was the craziest yell. And from that moment on, I feel like when I yelled out, something step out of me and then Jesus stepped in because all of a sudden you guys I had like a craving and an appetite to read and understand God's word to pray to talk to my friends about Jesus all of a sudden you guys there was fruit not because I was trying to force some fruit out but it's because Jesus was in there working and willing me to do his good pleasure he was in there moving stuff and kicking down the cashiers and kicking out the merchants and kicking out the demons and kicking out the people that i've been in agreement with and kicking those things out and he was working inside of me and things were just different when we are truly connected to the vine we pray without ceasing we repent regularly daily we forgive quickly. We strive to remain thankful in all things, no matter our circumstances, remembering that it could always be worse. Listen, I don't know who this message was for, but it was for me first. 
I don't know who this message was for today, but it was for me first. Jesus told me, Kaya, don't get caught allowing the Lord to walk by and examine your full leaf and find no fruit. It was for me first. If this is for you today, I want to invite you up that we can pray and seal some stuff by the Holy Spirit. We're talking about breaking cycles. We're talking about breaking generational curses. We're talking about breaking false labels. We're talking about breaking being called by our sin and not by our name. Today it breaks right now. I'm saying I can't forgive. I won't forgive. Oh no, that breaks right now. I'm saying that no, I'm not, I'm not going to give. I'm not going to tithe. I'm not. My money is my money. That's breaking right now. Obedient, disobedience is going to step out today and obedience is going to step in because we're connected to the vine and we're remembering it's not me, but it's God working his will to do his good pleasure. And so Heavenly Father, come on, let's lift our hands. Let's lift our hands. We're getting free in here today. We're getting free in here today. I'm telling you, this, was, this message was for me first and then you. I secured my own oxygen mask first before I tried to help you today. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your will and for your goodness, God. I thank you. I thank you for your sacrifice. Lord, I ask that you forgive us for any time we've been caught and drowning in unforgiveness, drowning in, un- in, in, in unthankfulness, drowning, God, in ungratefulness. Forgive us, Father, for any time we looked for someone or something else to fill us with strength, to fill us with confidence, or to fill us with identity. God, we ask that that be broken right now in the name of Jesus. Any agreement where we've stood in, God, where we've allowed something to come in where it should have been you, God, we break it off right now in the name of Jesus. We ask, Lord God, that you can recreate in us a clean heart. Create in us a clean heart. And renew in us the right spirit not the wrong spirit the right god we need the right spirit today spirit of suicide out spirit of depression out spirit of darkness out spirit of adultery out spirit of, 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 of fortification out right now in the name of jesus we push back the darkness oh god move by your goodness move by your spirit today god we want to be free free not the not temporary free god we want to be free forevermore god we declare right now in the name of jesus that easter 2023 will find us full of fruits patience love kindness meekness joy long suffering in the name of jesus Fill us, fill us, fill us with your spirit, oh God. Fill us till we overflow. We need your Holy Spirit. God, I pray right now, God, that you baptize every single one of my brothers and sisters with your Holy Spirit today. God, we know that you love to give good gifts to your children. I pray right now, God, that you grant every believer the gift of your Holy Spirit. Let it be evidence of speaking in tongue. Let it be evidence of the fruit of the Spirit. Let it be evidence with their goodness. Let it be evidence with their obedience today, God. Fill us, God. Fill us with your spirit, oh God. God, I pray right now, God, that we don't be tempted to turn back to the vomit that we've already been free from. I pray right now, God, that we don't be tempted to turn back to the things of the enemy. I pray that we don't long to go back to Egypt. But let us walk out in freeness and freedom today, God. Because who the sun sets free, hallelujah. We're free indeed. Can we declare that today? We're free indeed. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus name. Come on, let's worship God. Praise.
this shall be called the place of barefoot. Intercessors, intercessors, begin to pray, intercessors, come on. This shall be called the house of worship. This shall be called the place of praise. This shall be called the place of barefoot.